Welcome to the Profitable Nutritionist Podcast, where your host and fellow nutritional therapy practitioner, Andrea Nordling, teaches you how to grow a sustainable, impactful, and consistently profitable health and wellness practice by following her proven formula. Welcome back to our What I Wish I Would Have Known When I Started My Business series. <laughs> Today, you get to hear a really, really great interview with one of my students in the Profitable Nutritionist program. Her name is Andrea Nicholson. Two Andreas for you today for the price of one. And she is sharing some really, really valuable insights that she has learned along her almost three-year journey of her holistic nutrition practice, where she has figured out her exact dream business as an introvert working online. And I think she has a lot of good stuff to share that is gonna be very, very valuable for you. A lot of our conversation revolved around the concept, one of the things that I teach in the Profitable Nutritionist Program, and a concept that really resonated with her, which is marketing to and drawing in easiest clients versus hardest clients. What that actually looks like and how to know if you are marketing to hardest clients and making your job and theirs much harder than it needs to be. So of course we talk all about that in the episode. She has great insights that are going to be really helpful for you. And it was a great uh, segue. Was it a great segue? A great parallel. It was a great parallel to an upcoming five-day free training that I have coming up on September 12th, which is called Clients Week. So if you are experiencing as you listen to this episode that it is landing for you, that you need a little work on your marketing to your clients, meaning you need more clients, a higher quantity of them, and a higher quality of them, of easier clients versus hardest clients, you have to join Clients Week. Because in Clients Week, over five days together, I am teaching straight out of the Profitable Nutritionist program the exact framework that Andrea talks about in this episode for cleaning up your marketing and identifying those easiest clients versus hardest clients. Everything that we talk about, I'm actually teaching in the free five-day training that starts on September 12th for a limited time. So get yourself into the Clients Week training. It will be invaluable. You do that at www.buildaprofitablepractice.com slash clients. Now, I'm going to let Andrea take it away because she has so much to share. And especially if you are an introverted business owner, you are going to find this to be so helpful. Enjoy. Okay. So Andrea Nicholson is here with us today. I know I've already introduced her, but this is fun because it's Andrea and Andrea. (laughs) I love it. So tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Tell us what you got going on and where you started. I'm just going to launch right into it without too much preamble here. Okay. So I was in forensic science as a full-time career and really just kind of got burned out. And I had always been interested in health, but honestly never knew really what there could be as a career or a business. You know, we all know of traditional doctors and nurses and all that, but we don't really necessarily know all the other options. And I had some health challenges of my own, like many of us that go into this field and through the process of exploring what was going on with me and why the things I was doing that seemed so logical and that fit all of the rules I'd been told weren't working for me, I found all this holistic health stuff and ended up going down that path. And here I am today. Yeah. I love the background of forensic science. I don't know if people on the podcast know that, so I'm just going to tell them. Like, I was anticipating that I was going to apply to the FBI Academy after college. So obviously, that's like crime, law and order, military, 
this protocols, just all of it is very interesting to me. And I ended up never doing that. But when you and I connected, and I should let everyone know, I did get to meet Andrea in person in San Diego at the National Association of Nutrition Professionals Conference this April. And so she was already a student in the program. I knew her from our coaching calls online, but had never met in person before. We got to do that, which was so, so fun. And we connected on this past life of hers (laughs) in a forensics lab. And I was like, tell me everything. Tell me all of the details. (laughs) Yep. That was fun. It's always great to meet in person. Yeah, it is. It's so good. So I'm curious, this is kind of a curveball question for you, but I'm curious, what do you think your strengths are that you take from that career that you bring into your nutrition practice? Oh, I love that. Um, I think one of the main things for me is that I look at health stuff like an investigation. So Mm. I'm constantly seeking for, you know, evidence of what's going on and evaluating what does that evidence mean And so along that, you know, we have to look at both the subjective data, which would be things like, how do I feel? And, you know, we can't always just look at labs, but that also provides great information. But we really have to look at the totality of the picture. So I think I approach just health stuff in general, like an investigation, trying to figure out what the problem actually is and therefore the, you know, most logical path to the solution. Yeah. Oh, I think that's so good. So... Go, let's go back to the beginning of like the timeline here of when you started your holistic nutrition practice and what that has looked like and like the how long ago was that? All of those details. I think that gives a good context. Yeah, I ended up leaving my career in forensics in October of 2019, right before all the fun pandemic stuff started <laughs> in, in early 2020, which worked out perfectly because I was already working at home. So it worked out fine. Um, So I left in 19, the end of 19, and ended up going through nutrition therapy school, finished that in less than a year. Um, And kind of all along the way, it was working my practice as well. I had been a health coach on the side for years and years, just general health advice and fitness and did some MLM stuff along the way. And so being a coach wasn't really a new thing to me, but this was a very new process of much deeper work. You know, this wasn't just, you know, eat your veggies and get your workout in, but much more Mm -hmm. like, oh, you have serious chronic digestive issues or serious migraines or, you know, actual conditions that I was really helping with, not just, you know, eat less and move more kind of stuff. And so I was working my practice all along the way. I've taken several other continuing ed programs since then to get more familiar with functional lab testing and blood sugar management stuff with continuous glucose monitors and just some other technologies. I'm a scientist at heart, um, always have been my whole life. So I love the actual hard data. And so I've kind of focused a lot on the functional testing and cutting edge technology use in my practice. Yeah, for sure. I think that that is so fascinating because I don't like that. That does not interest me or maybe it just overwhelms me. And I never like ran labs or I never even felt an urge to get more certifications or information on how to do that. I think because probably I was just intimidated by it. So I have a lot of respect for you to keep pursuing that and to figure out even more specific tools that you can continue to use and get more familiar with. I have a lot of respect for that because I never did that. I was like, oh, that's too scary. Not doing it. (laughs) 
I always just wanted to be able to interpret it not only for myself, but because people come and they're like, what does this mean? My doctor didn't tell me. And I'm like, I just really wanted to be able to have the answers for them when they came to me with tests. And then it ultimately turned into now I actually can run the test for them. But my original goal was I just wanted to be able to understand my own labs and then the Mm. labs that my clients were bringing. Um, And it just kind of spun off from there. Yeah. 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 Okay. So tell us a little bit about working in another clinical setting. Cause I know that this, I think this is something you're not doing anymore, but for a while you were seeing clients in a different facility, weren't you? I was a little bit, I was partly an office manager and just kind of all the admin duties. And okay. then partly also I did a lot of the nutrition stuff. So I did see some clients. I also, I made a lot of resources. So I made a lot of handouts and meal plans and just kind of reference sheets for like, what do you do when you're traveling and those kinds of things. So it was more kind of behind the scenes stuff and less so um, direct client work. But I did see some um, of that side of it from a clinical standpoint. Gotcha. 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 Okay. So now let's, let's fast forward. What are you doing in your business now? How do you work with clients now? And then maybe we can bridge the gap between October 2019 and now and like how that has kind of evolved for you. Because I know people are going to be really wondering like what what that actually looks like. What did you have you changed your offers around? Have you changed your marketing around? Like what does it look like? Yeah, I feel like it's somewhat constantly evolving, which is good and bad. Obviously, you can get s- stuck in those decision-making loops of just constantly remaking decisions that you've already made. So I think there's some level of it's always evolving. So my offers have absolutely evolved as I've added other tests or other technologies. As I've realized, you know, how long I want my sessions to be, I've kind of gone back and forth with, no, they need to be longer. No, they need to be shorter. No, they're too often or they're not often enough. And so there's a lot of those kinds of things that just come with, you know, meeting with clients and actually getting used to going through this process with them and the type of clients that you work with. And, you know, how long does it actually need to be? I've worked with some clients where we met for like 10 minutes and that's all it took. And I've Mm -hmm. had others that, you know, depending on what they were going through or what stage in the process we were in, we needed longer calls. And so some of it's just been an iterative process of figuring out what that really needs to be. How long does it need to be? How often does it need to be? Which tests actually make the most sense for their particular situation? Just kind of all of those things to make sure that it meets the needs you know, for that particular client and what they've dealt with. And so currently I'm all virtual. I do everything from home. I don't do any in-person client sessions or anything. So I can work with people all over. And I have worked with about half of my clients have, have been out of state or nowhere near me where I couldn't have met with them even if I wanted to. And, you know, not everybody needs tests. So I don't always run tests, but I do run them sometimes. And I do also vary the length of the program depending on what they're going through. You know, if they're just, if they're more of a general health client and they're maybe looking to lose weight, but they don't have any health conditions, then we don't necessarily need, you know, the comprehensive testing and technologies and all the things. And maybe we don't need, you know, six months worth of sessions. And then I have other clients that are, you know, we really need to know all the things. They have a lot of problems going on. And so it's all one-on-one work, but what that looks like with each client is a little bit different. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. Because as you know, because you're in the Profitable Nutritionist Program, what I teach in there is make the decision, take imperfect action on executing it, and then evaluate the decision. <laughs> evaluate the, those actions, see what see what came from it, and tweak there, not 
reinventing the wheel every time. So I love that you do that just innately anyway, but I would love to know like, when do you, in the process, when do you decide for each client what the structure is going to be of their customized approach with you? Is that something where you kind of like give them the same package at the beginning and then you change it as you go? Or do you know from the intake of a client exactly how you're going to do that? I just imagine people listening to this and wondering like, when, when do you decide what you're going to do for each client? Yeah, typically that starts off in the intake. So I start off everybody with a comprehensive intake where we really go through, you know, how did you get here? What is here? And where do you want to go? And together, then we come up with what that really looks like. You know, are they interested in labs? Do they want that hard date? Um, is it in their budget to do that? Because some of those tests are not cheap and that's not in everybody's budget, even if it would be really valuable. So I always talk through all of the options with them and then together we decide on what the best path forward is. But then knowing that we can always add stuff in later, we can always add a test in that we didn't decide to do at the beginning, or we can always add more sessions if, you know, the situation changes or that makes sense, we can always iterate. But at, at the very beginning, we make an original decision and then just know that we can always pivot if we need to. I feel like you have such a calm confidence about this as you're even explaining it. It's just like, this is what we do. We can always change it. It's not the end of the world. We're making a plan and we're going to evaluate as we go. And just the way that you're explaining it is so calm and certain that I would have to imagine your clients feel so incredibly confident in working with you. Just, just a little feedback. As you're saying this, I'm like, I want to work with you. You tell me, <laughs> what are we going to do? What labs do I need? <laughs> Thanks. That's really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So big question. What do you wish that you had known when you started your business that you know now? Um, two major things. One, I got a hundred percent directly from you. Um, and another, I just sort of stumbled upon, although you actually talked about it in your webinar recently. The first one is that we tend to market to our hardest clients and going through those exercises in the program where we really identify the easiest clients and the hardest clients and how we call in one or the other and, you know, how much control we really do have over that with the words that we say and the actions that we take. So that was pivotal because I think our natural inclination is to speak to the hardest clients and to constantly be trying to sell to them. And that's just never going to work. And it's going to be an exercise in futility and frustration. And then the second one is that when you're new to online business, especially if you haven't been around a lot of entrepreneurs, and so this this whole small business world is foreign to you, there's a lot of online education out there for how to start you know, your online business or passive income streams and all these things. And honestly, a lot of it doesn't work perfectly in the healthcare yeah. realm. It, it just doesn't apply. I don't think it's as easy to just, you know, create a course in a weekend and make a million dollars. And not that <laughs> that's only I've tried. I swear <laughs> I have tried. <laughs> I know, right? I just don't think a lot of those tactics and methods necessarily work in the health space. And so I think it's really easy to spend a ton of money on courses that aren't going to teach you what you really need to know to be successful in a health field. Mm -hmm. But also, you can just waste a lot of time going down the wrong paths that aren't really going to work in this industry. So I yeah. think it's important to find mentors, masterminds, courses, whatever, like yours that are specific to this industry. 
that that oh. do teach what can be done in this field and what does and does not work and how to approach it. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm curious, do you have any examples of like rabbit holes that you went down in the online biz space that you found were not helpful or that derailed your focus a little bit? I'm just curious if any come to mind. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I've, like a lot of us, I've done all of it. You know, I tried memberships, I tried courses, I tried, you know, a zillion different marketing tactics and funnels and expensive software platforms that, you know, would automate everything. And I, I've just spent years wasting time and money chasing things that don't work in this industry, either because the marketing has to be different in health. Obviously, we have a lot of regulations that other other industries don't have. There's certain words we can't say. There are certain promises we can't make and those kinds of things that aren't true if you're selling a journal or you know some <laughs> tangible physical product or even a lot of other online courses or intellectual property type services. Mm -hmm. They're just the healthcare field has unique challenges that really need to be dealt with you know, specifically in this world. And I think it's just, it doesn't work as well when it's a booklet or a journal or something like that in this field. I don't think that's the path to really changing lives. If it was, then every published book would have solved all the health problems. Yeah. If it was really that easy to just create a course or create a journal or create a meditation or whatever, and that's going to solve everybody's problems, then nobody would have health challenges anymore because there's a million of those already out there. This this field is unique, and I think it really takes approaching it uniquely. Yeah, that's such a good point. Okay, so tell us a little bit about any examples that you have that come to mind about marketing to your hardest clients, or like elaborate on that a little bit, if there's anything specific you can think of. Yeah, I think that one of the main ways that that comes up is in pricing. It's mm. so easy to want to just continue to lower the prices or throw more in to make the price more valuable. and those are all hardest clients things. If you're having to either lower your prices or make compromises in what you can make, then you're not attracting the right clients with that line of thinking. Um, so I think that's one of the most obvious ways. Um, and along with that is just throwing more things in, trying to put more and more and more and build the value up without changing the price, which is just dwindling your value. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, if you run yourself ragged, making no money, you're not going to show up very well and resent your clients. And it, it just goes sideways. It just doesn't work. So I think that's the main thing. And then I, I think it just changes the language and your whole posture, the way you approach the whole topic. If you're constantly dreading in the back of your mind, if everything in the back of your mind is telling you that, oh, this is just painful. I'm not going to make any money. I'm going to put all this time and effort in and they're going to say no anyway. That's going to come across. <laughs> your whole Isn't it just the weirdest thing? Yeah, it sure <laughs> does. I also think I love what you're saying about throwing in more things to make it more valuable, which is if you're, if you're not consciously looking at this, like objectively and zooming out on your business and thinking about easiest clients versus hardest clients and who you really want to work with, it's very natural to do this. The pattern is to put more in and more in and more in and give more and give more and give more to make it more valuable. And the opposite is actually true because your easiest clients, the best clients that you want to be working with are just getting overwhelmed. They don't actually think it's more valuable. They're they're thinking it's it suddenly got harder and they have more to sift through and it actually got less valuable, which is not our intention, but that's what actually happens. Yep. 
I've definitely purchased courses that I ended up getting nothing out of because that's what it was. It was just overwhelming amounts of information. And it you just kind of get to the point where you're like, where do I even start? It's impossible to do all this. And if I have to do all of those things in order to accomplish this goal, then it's never going to happen. And you just, you quit before you even start. So yeah. we definitely have to be aware of not doing that to our clients. Absolutely. Absolutely. I even recommend taking everything that you think that you need to do with your clients and then stripping it down even more, simplify it even more than you think that you ever could or should. And that's probably <laughs> probably going to be the best option for your easiest clients and for you to get the most value. So good. Absolutely. Um, what would you tell someone who is just starting out in their holistic nutrition business to help them avoid some of the hurdles that can come up? I think one that I have always kind of struggled with, and I'm really consciously taking an effort now is don't do it alone. You know, find, find other colleagues, you know, talk to the other students that were in the program that you were in or are still in, form your own little groups and committees and masterminds and whatever, and just stay in touch with other people. Even if it's a Zoom meeting once a month or like whatever, don't do it alone. It, it's so important for us to get feedback from other people who actually know what we're going through, not other industries, not spouses and neighbors and friends and sisters, but people in this industry who can give you honest feedback. It's it's so much easier for us to see where other people are going wrong than it is for us to see where we are going wrong. And having that community or other people to talk to about these unique challenges is pivotal. It, it's everything you need and it will get you there so much faster. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree with that so much. It seems like the, <laughs> the I can't even know how to quantify it, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. Cause we talk about this all the time in the program, the phenomenon that you just mentioned where you can so clearly see where someone else is making things more complicated than they need to exactly how they could simplify their messaging or their process or their approach. So clear when you're looking at someone else and then it gets all suddenly very, very murky when we look at our own business and our own marketing and our own clients, we need that from someone else. We need that perspective and someone to lovingly question, what, what are you doing? <laughs> what is happening in your brain right now? It's just, it's invaluable for sure. Absolutely. Okay. I am curious, two things I'm curious about. I'm, I haven't decided what order I'm going to ask these in yet. Okay, I do know. Kind of a leading question, but do you think that your, like, how do I want to say this? Your perspective on what's possible in this industry, do you think it has changed since you started your business? And if so, how? I do. I think... When we first start, you know, a lot of us get into this business for two things. One, we have our own health challenges that we're trying to solve. And then once we do solve them or learn, you know, more about them, then we want to save everybody else. And I think that's a great thing. But a lot of us also want the freedom of having our own business and the potential income that comes from that. And I think my perspective on what that looks like is different. As an introvert, I initially loved the idea of courses and memberships where I wouldn't like have to actually talk to people. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I could have this passive income stream while saving the world at the same time without actually having to interact with people. And that's just not really how it works. People change their lives because someone impacted their life. 
Mm. You know, someone actually stepped in and held their hand and gave them a hug and told them they can do it and then showed them the path or walked the path with them. And you just, you don't do that from a book or a journal or a, a course that you watch. You don't, you know, a, a video, it's not that it can't be life-changing or eye-opening, but it's not the same as having a true trusted guide who's there for you. And so my perspective on what it takes and how to really impact someone's life has changed. That's so good. I think that is so, so good. And all of those thoughts, everyone, like, listen to that, rewind, go back, go back, listen to those again. Those are very, very profitable thoughts. I would have to say, I love everything about it. Yes. People need the connection or if they don't need, I mean, you don't need the connection to make any transformation. Of course, there are books, there are YouTube videos, there are other things that can hit a nerve and can spark change for sure. However, when you believe so solidly that the connection and the one-on-one personalized attention that you give your clients is super valuable, much more so than anything they can find, you know, for 10 bucks on the internet. When you believe that you will show up and deliver that kind of transformation to your clients and they will believe it too. So very profitable thoughts. I love that. Absolutely. I think this might be my last question, unless you can think of anything we didn't talk about, but I'm curious about where do you see your business three years from now? Um, I definitely see... A lot of similarities, actually. A lot of, you know, still one-on-one coaching, potentially also having other offers, depending on, you know, kind of how that goes and if I want to add another path or not. But, you know, I see it very similar. I see still working one-on-one with clients, still similar structure, you know, probably at a bigger level. I'm sure my prices will be higher by then and I'll probably have different things that I can include or have decided I no longer want to include. I'm sure the exact details of the packages will be different. But, you know, I I really, I think this is the path and I intend to be right where I am, just that much more successful with that many more successful clients in the, in the rear view mirror. (laughs) Yeah. And all of the referrals that come from them in the What's the opposite of the rearview mirror? Like in the windshield in front of you, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, so fun. I know that was kind of a curveball question. I didn't tell her any of the questions I was going to ask. I'm just throwing them <laughs> at you. Where do you see your business three years from now? Go. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else that you think would be useful for us to touch on or anything that you wanted to chat about? I think one of the main things that we all need to do more of and you do a ton of this is the mindset piece. Mm. If if things yes. are not Let's talk about it. Yeah, if things are not going the direction that you think they should be going or things aren't, you know, happening on the right schedule or as fast as you think they should or in, you know, if it just doesn't look the way you think it should, there's something going on in your brain. And it may be about whatever it is, you know, like you think it should be faster by now. Well, maybe that's the thought that needs exploring. Maybe there actually is some block in your your path or in your brain that's keeping you from saying the thing you need to say or putting yourself out where you need to put yourself out or whatever. It's the mindset piece that really does make all the difference. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think the mindset also is a huge piece of the puzzle for either making and sticking with or indefinitely putting off decision making in our business too. There's I see a lot of people and I know that 
this can be a pattern for just never wanting to make a decision and stick to it. And that's, I mean, there's a lot of mindset coaching to go along with that, but I don't know, just kind of something to think about. I like that you brought that up. Our brains are so genius at either (laughs) moving us forward or keeping us right where they want us to be. (laughs) Our brains like to be safe and comfy in the same place. Yes. The status quo. Absolutely. Oh, this is another. Okay. I said I was going to be done. I'm not. I just have a feeling you might have some good suggestions here. So as far as mindset goes, obviously we talk a lot about that in the program. We coach on it. Um, Everyone here knows that you are in the Profitable Nutritions program. And so that's a resource that you're talking about. But are there any other like books, podcasts, or anything else that comes to mind that has been helpful for you that you might want to share in addition? Well, I know you did your training with Brooke Castillo with the yep. the Life Coach School, and I think everything she puts out is amazing. So I would definitely recommend that for mindset stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and she also wrote the Self Coaching One on One book, I think is what it's what it was called. Um, that I think was really helpful to to read the words and not just listen to it. I think that was helpful. Ooh, um, that's kind of like I've going never read through, that. That's really good. It Juicy is nugget. really good. I found it years ago, just as like a PDF on the internet okay. somewhere and I read it. So I think you can buy it, although it may be out there for free still. I don't know. I bought, I got it years ago. So I think any of her stuff is amazing. Uh, honestly, really life coaching in general, if you find other life coaches that you really like and resonate with, I think that, ju- that just going through the exercises and hearing the different questions and things that make you think about things and then taking the notes associated with that question, kind of brain dumping all the thoughts that come up and that's how you, you know, identify how to reframe those thoughts and how to tell yourself different stories and come up with different plans, but you have to identify them first. Um, yeah. It's not unlike the health journey. We have to identify what the imbalance is before we can fix it. You oh. can't just throw more broccoli at it. <laughs> we have to actually I've identify I've what's it, going on. I've baked it. I've grilled it. I've done all of the broccoli. Here right. I am. <laughs> right. That's such a good reminder. Such a good reminder. I look back sometimes at my, and I like everybody, if you've listened to the podcast for any length of time, you know, I highly suggest writing things down, write them down with a pen, with a paper, write it down. I like to look back at previous notes and journaling that I've done around, you know, different mindset, like different beliefs that I've uncovered that I thought, oh my gosh, I've never really questioned if this was true or not before, which is exactly what Andrea is talking about. As you, you know, use some life coaching tools, you explore your mindset a little bit and you start pulling out some of these little gems. I very sarcastically say gems (laughs) and start exploring them. It's so interesting to look back and see how just that awareness can change the new thoughts. Because I look back, my whole point of saying this is I look back at previous self-coaching that I've done and different journaling that I've done where I I just felt so stuck in a belief or so stuck in a mindset issue that I was having and just writing it out, like seeing it for what it is, like Andrea said, identifying the imbalance, just that awareness can be enough to completely release it and change it. And I, I look back at some things now and I'm like, man, I do not have any of that anymore, which is so fun. Okay. So how do people find you? What I think you need to tell us about your podcast, what you got going on. How do people find you? Yeah. Most of my stuff is, you can find it on my website, which is healthylifewithandrea.com. 
and my podcast I just recently launched. It is called the Holistic Health Bites, and it is bite-sized episodes once a week on a variety of health topics. Right now I'm doing a series on stress and how that shows up in our lives because I think most of us think it's only like jobs and relationships and all the big stressors, but there's so much more to it. And that might just be the reason people aren't losing weight or getting the results that they're looking for. So you can find that linked up on my website. It's also on all the major platforms um, for podcasting, Apple and Google and Stitcher and Spotify and all those. And my email list, you can also sign up for there. I send generally weekly emails that have health tips and helpful information on that with client success stories and that sort of thing. And that's kind of where I'm at. Mostly it's all linked up on my website though. Perfect. Okay. So healthylifewithandrea.com. I was going to let you go, but now I can't because we have to talk about your podcast for a second. If I was listening to this, I would be like, tell me more about your podcast. Okay. So this is a recent addition to your business. What made you decide to launch a podcast? Tell me a little bit about it. Well, I have put out a ton of content over the years. You know, I've done all the social media things and YouTube channel and all the things. And None of it really ever resonated greatly with me. I don't I don't dislike doing video, but it is a lot of work or can yeah. be a lot of work. And I had a few people ask if I had a podcast. So initially, I started by just stripping the audio off of some of my videos and posting the audio up on Substack. Mm. And it was working reasonably well. And I don't know, I just seemed like everywhere I turned people were starting podcasts and they were getting interviewed on podcasts. And it was just like podcast, 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 podcast. You know, everyone was talking about podcasts and I'm like, hello, that's the place I go to learn things. Mm. So it just made sense. I'm not someone that generally goes to YouTube to learn something unless it's something I need to see, like a how to fix something or, you know, how to take something apart or whatever. Then YouTube's where I might go for that. But everything else I go to podcasts, I listen to a ton of podcasts on a lot of different things from mindset to business strategy and marketing and health topics and just kind of all the things. So I'm like, well, hello, if that's where I'm hanging out, that's probably where my people are hanging out. Yeah. And so it just made the most sense to go that path. And so now with that podcast, I'm also doing podcasts with other people. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of the combination of my own is out there and then getting on other people's podcasts as well. So fun, isn't it? I have been doing more podcast interviews on other podcasts as well. And I find that that is my favorite thing to do because it is so low stress. There's no video, or at least most people don't do video. Uh, Not that I am unable to wash my hair multiple times a week. I can get it together and do that. But, you know, it's kind of nice not to have to. (laughs) Right. I'm good with it. All right. I have an upcoming episode that I'm going to do all about starting a podcast. So I had to, I just had to pick your brain a little bit on that. I might have to bring you in on that again and we'll have to talk about it more. But I just, I wanted to hear your perspective on how you knew it was time to take on that endeavor, which is a commitment. There's a lot going on to get a podcast launched as we both know. So I just was curious about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely still a learning curve. You know, it's only been up for a couple of weeks, so still figuring things out, but it's been a lot of fun. And yeah, I th- I'm with you. I think it's, it's a low key way to really connect with other people. You know, it's something, it's like the only platform where you can really connect with people wherever, whenever, you know, they can be on the go, they can be at work, they could be driving, they can be doing whatever, and they can still be listening. 
I think that that goes back to what we talked about earlier with identifying your easiest clients and your hardest clients and really thinking about where they're spending their time and going all in on that. So for you, it sounds like your easiest clients are listening to health topic podcasts. Why not have one? Makes perfect sense. Absolutely. And they're they're busy. So they wanted short bite-sized episodes. I like that too. How long is bite-sized? Generally less than 15 minutes. So I have, I've had some that are like five and I, they're generally nine to 12 is kind of the average, but less than 15 is my goal. Right on. I've had exactly zero bite-sized episodes on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That is okay. I do plan on also having bonus episodes where I like talk to other experts and bring in people that, and those will be longer, more interview style. I do plan on having some bonus episodes like that as well. So fun. I think people have a lot of questions about, cause I know people ask me this, how long are, how, how long do your podcast episodes need to be? It's totally your preference. Like whatever is easiest for you, whatever you like, whatever your people are going to be into, but also people will just get used to whatever it is that you do. So there's no right or wrong on that. Short, right. long. No. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of podcasts that are one minute. Oh, really? And they're like daily, but still a minute or, or less than five yeah, That's there's a ton of short podcasts. So hmm. it doesn't have to be anything big. And it can change. If you start off, you know, if all you can manage is five minutes right now, start it. And then you can always go longer later or add a second one or whatever you want to do. It can change. Such a good reminder. So, so good. Okay. Healthylifewithandrea.com. Go there. Connect. Get the Holistic Health Bites podcast. Thank you so, so much for coming on today and talking about your business and talking about how your business has changed and where it's going. And I like the idea of some introverted business strategy. Talking about that a little bit is juicy. I know that that's going to resonate with lots of people. So thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This was fun. It was so fun. My friend, does growing your business over the summertime, the busiest three months of the year seem possible to you? How about if I tell you, you can do it in five to 10 hours each week? Uh, Yeah, I thought that would get your attention. Great. Behind the scenes here at the Profitable Nutritionist headquarters, we have been planning something really big for you. In fact, this is something we've never done before, a live challenge all about efficiency, time management, and delegating. The challenge officially starts on Monday, May 13th, and my friend, you are invited. During our five days together, plus some extras that I'm keeping as a surprise for now, you are actually going to be getting access to completely updated, brand new paid content from inside the Profitable Nutritionist program. And in this content, I teach you exactly how to structure your work for the next 90 days, including exactly what to focus on and how to lay out your calendar and your to-do list so it all gets done. We actually do an entire day's training on how to retrain your brain to procrastination-proof your top priority tasks. Those are the ones that make you the most money in the shortest amount of time, by the way. (laughs) Yes, you will walk away from this totally free challenge with a rock-solid plan for June, July, and August, all plugged in to a color-coded calendar system that is the stuff dreams are made of. The challenge is called Summertime 2.0. Again, it's brand new material to get you out of overwhelm so you can cruise into the busiest time of year feeling organized and focused while your business bank account balance just climbs up and up and up, hopefully while you are poolside or beachside. 
<laughs> I've taught free trainings before, but what I've never done is combine it with a live Q&A, implementation sessions, coaching calls, and done-for-you resources. My friend, this is a totally different experience than anything we've ever done before. That is what you are getting in Summertime 2.0. I'm holding nothing back. Remember, this is actual paid content from inside my program, which you get a sneak peek into for five days straight. The dates are May 13th to the 19th. You are going to learn everything you need to know about time management, prioritizing, creating time boundaries, how to say no to people and opportunities that are costing you money in your business, and how to actually stick to your calendar and finish your to-do list each week, including live Q&A with me where you can ask all of your questions. So do I have you sold? I sure hope so. <laughs> to register for the challenge, go to theprofitablenutritionist.com slash time, T-I-M-E. Remember, we officially start on May 13th. It goes through May 17th, but there are a few pre-party happenings going on. So make sure you register right now and don't miss out. The challenge is brand new material delivered in a completely new way that is going to have you loving the boring topic of time management. I promise. <laughs> and the best part is it's totally free. Register right now at theprofitablenutritionist.com slash time. <laughs>